Jay. I'm Martin. I'm Reg. And I'm OJ. Together, we're going to find out why was everybody in the world mad at OJ Simpson? Why is everyone mad at the glove man? Why is the glove mad? Why you have to be mad? Why you have to be mad? Why you have to be mad? Right in front of me! I'm sick of hearing it, you know? I've been trying to tell, like, you know, I gave up trying to tell you how to be a better person years and years ago. It's not you about kept being really a shitty at me. Better right? person. And now you're like, oh, you should quit smoking. You got like this high horse mentality about it now, and it's ridiculous. You need to quit smoking because it eats away at time, and you take like half an hour to have a cigarette. You know what eats away at time? <laughs> when did you finish work? Like an hour ago. And I'm yeah, fucking an hour right ago. Here. Fucking how long does it take you to get to home? 15 minutes? You know, like, <laughs> fucking, what have you been doing for 45 minutes? I was right in the episode. I was finishing it. It was like when they make Star Wars, fucking writing the movie on the set while they're filming it. It's exactly what I thought. And I thought about, man, I'm like J.J. Abrams. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you should have kept that one in your head, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's true. I know what it's like to be under time constraints. No, okay, no, no. What do you know about O.J. Simpson? So, OJ is UK drill slang. It means on job. So, yeah. if you're the most on job. What's an on job? It's like, it's like, uh, it's like odd job from, um, <laughs> Austin Powers. I swear he's actually from the real thing, though. Of course he's from a real thing. He's the play on it. Is he also, who is he in Austin Powers, though? Odd job. I don't know who he was in Austin Powers. I can't remember who his name was. You know, James Bond's always, like, jumps into scenes like, they call me James Bond. In it. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it when they revamped it with, um, what was the hotel one? Casino Casino Royale. Royale. They just turned it into Jason Bourne. That's exactly what they did, yeah. Yeah. He goes and, like, sees Q or whatever, and Q's like, alright, I got your gadgets for ya. And he's like, what you got? He's like, I got a gun. And he's like, is that it? And he's like, (laughs) what did you expect? A laser from your watch? (laughs) (laughs) He gives in the Nintendo DS, he's like, it blows up, and he's like, I'm playing Mario Kart. And... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to let it blow up. I love Mario Kart. <laughs> no, no, no. What he does, what he does is he, he gets trapped in the cell and then he goes to the guards and he goes, Hey, you want to play Mario Kart? <laughs> then Mads Mikkelsen is uh is itching his balls for him while he's tied up and the music's like... And James was itching his balls for him. James was like, oh, it's really itchy. I don't remember any of this. I only remember the cool parkour scene. I don't remember that. You don't remember at the end where he's strapped to the chair naked and they cut the hole out of the bottom of the chair and then he uses a big rope to whack him in the balls and he's like, oh, yeah, a little bit to the left. (laughs) That's like fucking... That is all I remember of that movie. No, that actually fucking happens and it's basically all I remember of that movie. Wait, that that part actually happened. Yeah, that, that, that scene at the happens. end. Yeah, he gets strapped to a chair naked. They cut out the bottom of a chair. He has a rope with just like a knot on the end, and he goes, and he slams <laughs> into his balls, and then James Bond goes, oh, me yakers. <laughs> Is he mad? Uh, he's mad in that movie because his girlfriend gets put in a in in the water. Hospital. No, she drowns in like this house that is the the house is full of water. Oh damn, dude! I know one other movie where someone drowns and someone's upset about it, and it's iRobot. Oh, dude, he's really upset. He never yeah. gets yeah. over it. He's man. all like, he's all like, I had a fifty three percent chance of survival. <laughs> she had a twelve. What about Mean Creek? 
That's a that's a Ming Creek. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's too fucking niche. No one's gonna know no, what the fuck that is. I, I, yeah, I don't what, know. What the fuck's like, Ming Creek? That's this movie where Drake and Josh, Drake and Josh go on this raft and um, and Josh falls off and fucking dies and um, but then it turns out that Drake was a pedophile in real life. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no, so Ming Ming Creek. <laughs> Mean Creek's like, so there's like a bunch of kids and there's just like this kid is always bullying him and it turns out he just kind of like has a shit life at home or whatever, and it's right? Josh like, from, it's Josh from Drake and Josh. It is Josh from Drake and Josh, yeah. And then they like invite him out camping as like a prank and he's like, oh, I actually have friends for once. That's sick. You know, but he can't like stop bullying him or whatever. And then they get into like a tussle and then he falls off the boat, off like the raft and then he drowns and then they have to hide his body and like shit like that. Yeah. But, anyway, it's kind of like Casino Royale because... Um, Cause he yeah, because the wife the wife drowns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. So, OJ Simpson. Um, yeah, what do you know about him? Is he alive? Yes. What okay. gadgets has he got? He's got a he's got a, got a bronco. Did they didn't take it. He's got a Ford yeah, what, bronco. He's got a glove. He's got a knife. There's he, no, 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 it wasn't his glove. It didn't fit. Did he rolled a um? He rolled like a thirty charisma check. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like. The fucking everyone's like, damn, dude. Okay, I guess it was an OJ yeah, case. It was an OJ. This guy's really nice. <laughs> this guy's a cool guy. Welcome to Why They Mad podcast. It's a show all about controversy and outrage. It's nice to have you back, and it's nice to meet you. Check us out on Instagram at Why They Mad Pod. Follow us. Uh, we'll give you a shout out in the next show. We uh, we lost followers on Spotify, which is uh, concerning. <laughs> yeah, it's because you didn't put out the episode properly. I put mm, out, right. I put out the best that I could because no, you cut out the part where I impersonated you yeah. very well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, actually, no, that, that was really true. good. That is true. Look, okay, I want to make it very clear to everyone who's listening. Last week, I didn't have a ball issue. Jay <laughs> deep faked me. Oh, that's not true. That was now we had we had an episode. Me and Martin recorded a whole episode. It was mad. It was full of mad libs. We, I pirated a whole bunch of uh, it was, Choose Your Own Adventure books. It was unusable for for multiple reasons. <laughs> like, I, I could not publish anything from that episode. He, here's, here's the hashtag. Hashtag, hashtag Jake Nogunok and say, it's hashtag release the app. <laughs> <laughs> release the red cut. Yeah, release the red yeah. cut, okay? Well, we got to circumcise red. We got to release the red cut. All right, <laughs> oh, no, no. no. Let, me, let me go through this, okay? There was a couple reasons. There was a couple reasons why that episode <laughs> didn't come out. One, Reg had his mic gain all the way up. I I think that might be the main reason. It was just so you could hear me better. Number two, Martin forgot what an adjective is in Mad Libs. <laughs> I, think I, like, I, I think I like misinterpreted what like, he said. Like, Reg would be, and Reg just already didn't know what an adjective was. <laughs> so, Reg would be like, Mon, give me an adjective. Mon would be like, uh, swimming. And then, and then Reg would be like, yeah, yeah, you're so good at this. <laughs> That, hey, look, you don't need to know what an adjective is. Like, the only time that has ever actually come up in my life is doing Mad Libs. And then the third reason why uh, the third reason why that episode was unusable was Reg just read a bunch of pirated shit. Like, I can't put that... I can't <laughs> upload that. I'm a pirate. Like, upload okay? that to our platform. You just pirated a bunch of shit and read it. <laughs> fuck. I didn't what? even consider that aspect. Dude, fuck, fuck IP, uh, intellectual property. I 100% agree, but shit. It's, a, it's an issue. I'm coming for them, dude. Look, I'm a, I'm a fucking no, pirate with a cord. We're okay? taking a stand here, okay? Jay, play, play Taylor Swift. It's a love story, baby, just say yes. 
Uh, let's let's get into this because uh, there's a there's a fair bit to get through today. So this is going to be old news to all, or at least most of you. But O.J. Simpson is absolutely terrifying, and that's a character analysis that always seems to find its way back into the public consciousness, or at least my consciousness. I decided I wanted to tell you guys about him because I was once again reminded of his chilling disposition by a viral video that did the rounds about a week ago. In it, a young woman with blonde hair is at a pinkly lit bar and is taking one of those overly gracious celebrity run-in selfies with none other than Orenthal James Simpson. She's saying, OJ baby, he's out! <laughs> and OJ seems a little too pleased by the attention and after the selfie, tries to lean in for a kiss. The young woman quickly leans away and gives a look to her friends like she's trying to convey the theme from Psycho. You know, the one that's like... No, I don't fucking know, okay? You don't know anything, dick Yeah, stop making all these stupid pop culture references. Why are you so fucking... Oh my god, dude, I'm just trying to keep up. Yeah, I'm sorry that you've you've never consumed any media that isn't fucking boring and old. Anyway... The video, the video cuts off there, but I think we can safely assume that OJ was totally unfazed by the cringiness of the run-in, maybe even incognizant of it, because if one thing is absolutely certain about OJ Simpson, it's that he does not experience shame or indignity or maybe even anything the same way that most of us humans do. Well, I mean, he did once. <laughs> And then yeah. he ended that. He indulged, man. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's take a look at the many tribulations of the real life villain in episode twelve. Wacky OJ Simpson. The OJ Simpson's very good, awesome day. Um, bad, and you're bad. Yeah, like like we said before, uh, there's not much that could be said about OJ's trial it hasn't already been set. So this isn't gonna focus on that too much, but we are gonna go over the it. Gloves. <laughs> we are gonna go over it pretty quickly. And uh, just a warning: this this story contains descriptions of severe domestic abuse, uh, violence, and murder. Uh, I want to make it clear, okay? So this episode isn't about the trial, and this episode isn't about the murder. It's actually about OJ's rise to stardom through the uh, NFL roster and how amazing of a player he was. This is a, this is the first episode of our rebranding as a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> it's called uh, Why Are We Dads? <laughs> Who are playing fantasy football. I hate my wife. But I'm so going to kill her. <laughs> But you can't make a joke. It just all goes back, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Do you think? Do you think we lost followers because of the four-minute episode you put out? Do you think no, they it was before that. Like, I think it was before this. that. Anyway, what was the episode before that about? Uh, Travis Scott. Maybe it was because of Travis Scott. Travis Scott. Maybe apologists. Some people were really mad at me. Actually, Chloe was mad at me. She's like, yeah. "You can't be an apologist for Travis Scott." And I'm like, I don't know. Our uh, our. Loyal listener, uh, farmer girl wants a husband. Farmer girl wants a husband. <laughs> um, she was very not happy with our with our takes on Travis Scott, but we had a we had a respectful conversation about it. But she was just you know very wrong. I'm gonna tell you guys about uh, early OJ real quick. Ornithal James Simpson, better known as OJ, but also known as the Juice, 
was born. Oh, dude, I just put it together. He's called the Juice because OJ. Fuck. Yeah. Orange Juice, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was born so sick. July 9th, 1947 in San Francisco, California. He was called OJ as soon as he was born. In fact, he didn't even know that his name was Orenthal until the teacher read it out during roll call in the third grade. Fuck, that'd be trippy. Bullshit. OJ was, by all accounts, a difficult youth. He first joined a fighting gang at 13 years old, ending up in juvenile correction facility for a week when he was 15. Hold up, can we get... What is a fighting gang in comparison to, what, <laughs> what like, a doo-wop gang or something? I, like, I what, think, what the I, fuck I is mean, a fighting gang? My, my impression is, like, there, there's nothing to do in the early 60s, late 50s, so it's, like, literally people just get together and fight, you know? It's kind of kind of like a West Side Story, like, what the fuck type of gang is that? They literally just fight, you know? Yeah, okay. His first wife, who was also his high school sweetheart, Margaret Whitley, said in 1975 that OJ was, quote, a really awful person during this time. But OJ seemed to romanticize this aspect of his youth. He once said, who wants to do OJ? What is he? Hold up. I need to go look at a video of him real quick. OJ. He's like talking. I don't know what he sounds like. Reg, I don't think you should this do OJ. This guy Charlie shows up. No, Reg, I don't think you should do OJ. <laughs> I don't know why it took me so long to think that. I was wondering. Yeah. I was wondering. I was gonna yeah, let Martin, Martin do OJ. <laughs> I never infringe on people. I only beat up dudes who deserved it at least once a week. <laughs> 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 oh, that's not the end of the yeah, quote. Least- <laughs> <laughs> Usually on Friday or Saturday night. If there weren't no fight, it wasn't no weekend. This guy's a fuckwit. No, he was a vigilante. After his stint in juvie, OJ, at least externally, got his shit together by playing high school football. In high school, OJ was remembered by friends as always being able to talk his way out of trouble, and as the sort of guy who tended to deflect blame onto his co-accused whenever he was caught doing something wrong. A snitch? Yeah, he was a he snitch. He was a snitch? He was basically a snitch. Like, he was always a able to- knock. You know, he was always able, if him and his friends got in trouble, he could sweet talk his way out of uh, getting into trouble. But, you know, he's... And getting his friend into trouble. Yeah. He did nothing. Yeah. Um, but through football, uh, which after high school, OJ went on to play for the USC Trojans in college, winning the Heisman Trophy, and then compete in the highest echelon of American football, the NFL. OJ maintained a squeaky clean, all-American a politically inoffensive persona. People who have uh, written about OJ have speculated whether this was to distance himself from the gang member teen that he once was, so he could come off as a sort of person who could sell you a car, which he did. He did ads for Chevrolet before he was even signed to an NFL team. But there's a deeper and more personal interpretation of this persona. A quote is often attributed to OJ Simpson that reads, quote, I'm not black, I'm OJ. By all accounts, he never actually said that, but it seems to be a suitable adage for some feelings or self-reflections that OJ did carry through life. I don't understand. You will. In a 1968 interview, OJ said, quote, I want people to like me. I think that's my biggest motivation. My biggest accomplishment is that people look at me like a man first, not a black man. I was at a wedding. My wife and a few friends were the only black people there, and I overheard a lady say, look, there's OJ Simpson and some N-words. That sort of thing hurts me, even though it's what I strive for, to be a man first. 
Maybe it's money, a class thing, because black people always identified with poverty. Whatever OJ's true intentions were, be it monetary gain, athletic excellence, or simply the pursuit of acceptance, OJ's career was a success in every facet. On the field, he was an NFL MVP, four-time rushing yards leader, five-time first-team All-Pro, and off the field, he was a prolific endorser of products, products of any sort. This is my ball trimmer. <laughs> I'm OJ, and this is why I used to trim my balls up. The balls go for the yards. <laughs> for 25 years, he was on cereal boxes in ads where he'd give orange juice to kids playing basketball. He was selling chicken, RC cola, modeling leather boots. His commercial appearances go on and on and on. But most famously, he'd be shown running through airports, jumping over gates and barricades to get to Hertz's car rental desk. He was a familiar face to anyone who watched TV. He'd eventually work as a boundary rider for the NFL after he retired as a player. He also had a bizarrely prolific acting career, including a leading role in all three films in the Naked Gun series. But behind the velvet voice and the face fit for screen media was another more sinister side to OJ. Wait, do you think he did something bad? Yeah, dude, he does something. Uh, <laughs> why don't he allegedly does something a bit bad? He allegedly made someone mad. <laughs> I mean, you know, people, you know, you just misplaced the glove, boys. Like, you know, I don't know why everyone's gonna be so upset with him all the time. OJ and his first wife divorced in 1979, though OJ had already been dating another woman for two years. When they first met, she was an 18-year-old waitress. Her name was Nicole Brown. OJ and Nicole were together part of a close-knit friendship group made up of five or six Los Angeles-based couples and their families. Their friends remembered the time they spent together in the 80s fondly, one recalling such good times we had. They hit the bad times from us. What are they referring to here? Him beating his wife probably or something, right? They were together for 17 years and their relationship dynamic was kind of like that of a never-ending high school romance. To paraphrase Sheila Weller, writing for Vanity Fair, it was dramatic, fractious, and mutually obsessive. Though they first met in 1977, they didn't marry until after 1985, after which they had two children together, a girl born in 85 and a boy in 88. Some friends would recollect that the biggest flaw in OJ and Nicole's relationship was that neither of them could end it. A male friend reportedly once yelled at the two, both of you, for God's sake, move 5,000 miles away from each other. Yeah, you tell him. You tell him. <laughs> I'm not OJ. I'm the one yelling at him. <laughs> I'm the voice of reason, even though I'm angry. I'm always angry. I'm from New York City, baby. I'm very reasonable <laughs> when I'm angry. OJ was a violent and controlling husband. Part of their prenuptial agreement barred Nicole from working while she was married to OJ. Are you fucking so kidding me? Would... You can do that? Dude, it's in the contract. You know, clean shit says it's in the contract, man. <laughs> I okay. thought you had to, like, sign, like, a like you had to, like, use, a, like, a premeditated one. I didn't know you could just make one on the spot and be like, oh, yeah, she's also not allowed to get her hair cut past 134 millimeters. Pre- prenuptials aren't, like, pre-made. Like, you can obviously have someone make one for you. No, you sign a prenup before you... Yeah, you, you do it yourself. Like, you... you yeah. But I always... I always think a prenup is just about what happens if you divorce, but it, it like also, money, yeah. it's also like the the terms of your actual marriage. So, you know, you could uh, you can divorce if someone violates your prenup, you know, 
And it's like... I didn't know that. Yeah. I, yeah, but I didn't know it was like marriage vows where you make your own. I thought that it would just be like a certain amount of templates and you had to pick one of them. So she was totally financially dependent on him, which made her hesitant to complicate her situation by reporting any instances of violence to the police. There were 62 instances of physical abuse that were uncovered through Nicole's diary and through interviews with friends. Of these, police were notified eight times, and OJ was arrested once. This being after a fight on New Year's Day in 1989, when OJ beat her so badly that he broke her arm. When Nicole went to hospital, she told nurses she had fallen off a bike, but OJ was eventually charged with spousal abuse, which she pleaded no contest to, and was sentenced to 120 hours of community service and two years probation. What? Uh, yeah, dude, the, they're like, so did you do it? And he's like, yeah, I fucking did it. And then they're like, all right, go pick up some rubbish. He, he, did you do it? And he's like, no, no contest. contest. <laughs> he's like, I ain't, I ain't going to be able to run through this line of defenders. <laughs> OJ and Nicole did eventually divorce in 1992, but friends would say they always hovered around the edges of reconciliation. This was due to sustained harassment and stalking of Nicole by OJ, which experts in the field of domestic abuse say is a tactic used by abusers to get their partner to go back to them through fear and feelings of helplessness. Nicole would confide in her mother that she was scared because I go to the gas station, he's there. I go to the shoe store, he's there. I'm driving and he's driving behind me. And that would actually be really fucking scary. But I just remembered something, and I didn't put it in the notes, but uh, James Cameron was actually uh, thinking of casting OJ as Terminator. Oh, no shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, and this <laughs> that literally made me remember that. Like, he fucking, no, she can't go anywhere without being stalked by OJ. He's just an unstoppable object, you know? Yeah, James Cameron was like, OJ, hey, I got a job for you. And he's like, I'm busy. <laughs> 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 fucking Terminator is just a series of cuts of him actually following his yeah. wife. <laughs> she also reported catching OJ spying on her while she was on dates. And looking through her window while she had sex. Oh fuck off! Really? That is so spooky. Uh, yeah, very scary. I think I think it was already spooky, but that just takes it to another fucking level. <laughs> yeah, Holy shit! Dude, and he's so tall; like he would be like fucking like dead center in the middle of a window, just being like, "I see, I see everything." <laughs> Nicole also noticed a pair of keys to her home go missing in the weeks leading up to her death which were later found by police at OJ's house. Nicole had reportedly told her friends that she believed OJ would kill her if he caught her with another man. But imagine they're having sex, and you're with this guy or whatever, oh, and then the man. guy looks at the Fucking window and he goes, OJ. Oh, damn, is that OJ? Fuck it, I love you. I love the juice. <laughs> I loved you in the Naked Gun Part 3. <laughs> Dude, what a psycho. Dude, what's this guy's issue i don't know really like, brain how damage did he, how do you get like yeah well that's one thing i've thought like do you have cte maybe you know the thing that football players get from getting banged up all the time so how big is this guy is he bigger than shaquille o'neal no he's not bigger than shaq but he's bigger than me about oj simpson size chart i can give you one you know me you know how tall i am yeah he's he's like an inch taller than me and, like, a lot fucking stronger and stockier. On June 12th, 1994, Nicole's friend, 25-year-old waiter Ron Golden, was returning a pair of sunglasses that Nicole's mother had left at the restaurant he worked at. When, at around 10.15pm, somebody murdered them both with a knife. Nicole being so badly attacked that she was almost decapitated, and Ron being stabbed multiple times in the body and neck. Yeah, I, I, I'm not one 
Like, I don't look at crime scene photos basically ever because I don't like looking at them. But people always say these are some of, like, the worst crime scene photos, like, you ever see. All right, let me go look at them. OJ Simpson crime photos. All right, we're going to have Reg live react to the photos, I guess. Oh, yeah? They're dead. Like, that's for sure. Yep. Oh, the glove. I found it. (laughs) (laughs) I found the glove. (laughs) It's crazy. Get it back in here, boys. Reg solved the case. (laughs) It was OJ. (laughs) I think they look horrifying because of the fact that they were taken on like a camera in the mid 90s which always made everything look really fucking like creepy yeah and you know the content of the photo i guess yeah i guess (laughs) oj was eventually charged with double murder and arrested after a low speed chase in his ford bronco while holding a gun to his head (laughs) oh my god what the fuck really fucking why no you didn't know these things fuck (laughs) i didn't i didn't know the i didn't know i knew he went into a chase but i didn't know he was holding a gun to his head the whole time like how did how the fuck does this happen and then the the judge isn't like yeah this is suspicious action (laughs) (laughs) he also wrote a a suicide note that uh that robert kardashian his lawyer read on live tv the case and the trial was a media sensation breaking tv records because obviously that's what matters here (laughs) during oj's car chase on a los angeles highway its broadcast interrupted Game 5 of the NBA Finals. It was also the busiest ever day for Domino's Pizza. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Because so many people were ordering pizzas because they were watching the car chase. Like, the- Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. The, the car chase was more watched than the Super Bowl that year. Like, it was it was crazy. It was, like, the biggest story in the world. Dude, this guy's crazy how he does it. He didn't even attempt to clean up literally anything. Despite overwhelming evidence of OJ's guilt, including his blood and hair being found at the murder scene, as well as Nicole and Ron's blood in OJ's car, as well as blood dripped all through his house, a pair of bloody gloves being recovered, one at Nicole's house and one at OJ's, as well as wounds to his hands, OJ was sensationally found not guilty by a jury on October 3rd, 1995. And I think, you know, the American justice system <laughs> has some issues, but this is not one of them. This is what it was designed for, okay? Rich people, do what you want. I recently heard, um, who was it? President Joe Biden. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm Joe Biden, and I just shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, I'm old, and I, I can't pants. see right. I got cataracts. That's why I want to legalize on, marijuana. Jack! Um, he was some guy, like, you know, a reporter came up to him, and he was like, hey, so what do you think of, like, Rittenhouse or whatever, right? And he was all like, I I believe in the in the jury system, yeah. and that was it. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Yeah, why the fuck would you? <laughs> like, look what just happened, you know? So I, I linked a video here. It's just, like, a quick one. It's uh, it's Oprah's audience reacting live to the OJ verdict. H- have you guys seen, like, the moment that OJ gets found not guilty before no nah. nah, i've right. never seen that shit i remember i remember i remember when the the netflix series came out bruce knuckle he came in and he was like did you watch it i'm like nah and he's like yeah well just want to let you know i don't think oj did it and i was wow. like <laughs> really like, okay dude fucking it, dude. he was like he was like the glove doesn't fit <laughs> Like, dude, no way! Yeah, yeah. No way Holy he fucking shit. said that! Dude, one time he one time fucking Bruce Knuckle comes up to me and then he's like, Oh man, I was at this nightclub on the weekend, like up in the up in the beer garden where the smokers is, and like, you know, the security guard was like, I got I gotta go take a break. Okay, you take over. <laughs> was this the guy who would lie about everything? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. yeah, I nice. don't know if you could tell. <laughs> 
Well, I just just for uh, context, well, there's a bit in this when you see OJ get found not guilty. So Kim Kardashian's dad, Robert Kardashian, was his lawyer, and uh, he at by the time of this, he had decided that OJ was guilty because like they were best friends before this, and at first he couldn't believe that he would have done it, but by the time of the verdict, he was like, "Yeah, this guy did it," and you can just see his just watch his face. It is shortly before noon Chicago time. And history is in the making. By the time you all see this, you will already know the OJ verdict. But we, just like the rest of the country, are waiting to hear it live for the very first time. Are you nervous? Yes. Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> yes. All right, Mrs. Robertson, would you uh, do you have the envelope with the sealed verdict forms, please? Yes, sure. All right, Mr. Car Mr. Uh, Simpson, would you please stand and face the jury? <laughs> Mrs. Robertson. Superior Court of California, County of Los Angeles. In the matter of the people of the state of California versus Orenthal James Simpson, case number BA097211. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant Orenthal James Simpson not guilty of the crime of murder in violation of Penal Code Section 187A, a felony upon Nicole Brown Simpson, a human being, as charged in count one of the information. I'm very happy for his family, for his children. I'm very happy. I'm also very happy. I think justice was served. Mm -hmm. I just think it's it's just unfair. They know I feel so bad for her. She's in. I just feel like she's rolling over in her grave. And and he got. She said if he ever did it, he would get away with it. That's what she said. And he he knows what he did. It's quite ridiculous. Like obviously, you know, you shouldn't have to go through multiple court cases for one thing. But like in this situation. Come on. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy how much of a spectacle it becomes and how important that is to the court case. Yeah, for sure. Despite being found not guilty in a criminal trial, two years later, OJ would be found responsible for Nicole and Run's deaths in a civil trial and ordered to pay $60 million in damages to the families of the deceased, of which he has currently paid less than 1%. Wait. I didn't know you could be found guilty of a murder in a civil case. Yeah, well, he was found not guilty cr in criminal court, but then the families of Nicole and Ron were like, took him to civil court, like, you killed our family members, give us money, and he was found guilty. It seems like if you get acquitted in one of them, it should be acquitted in the other, right? So, that's the most notable thing about OJ, and you might feel like it tells you everything that you need to know about him. But that would be ignoring the second half of OJ's life, wherein OJ takes his deep-seated pathological need to be liked and admired and does some very strange things with it. He's never outright admitted his guilt, although, as you'll soon find out, he kind of has. But for the most part, he seems to prefer to inhibit a space of simultaneous guilt and innocence, in which he treats his innocence with a wink and a nod, and his guilt as an inside joke, because he seems to find the idea that people in his company might think that at any moment he could snap and kill somebody as being really, really funny. That's what I do. That's yeah. <laughs> it kind of is really funny <laughs> in a weird, fucked up way. Yeah, Red, do you want to tell us about uh, Invincible OJ? Invisible OJ. <laughs> He's watching you Indivisible fuck. OJ. Indiv indivisible OJ. <laughs> Fresh off his civil trial, OJ was on the cover of Esquire's February 1998 issue, photographed with his hand across his chest and captioned, I believe in my heart, I'm going to get it all back in spades. 
His 10-page feature on Cyber Magazine had the byline, You may think OJ Simpson killed his wife, but does that mean he can't be friends? <laughs> what does that mean? What? What? I think it's an. I think this is meant to be read by other rich people so that they can still hang out with him. You may think OJ Simpson killed his wife, but does that mean you can't be friends? What the fuck, man? Like, yes. That's a really weird thing to say. In it, he says, apparently, unprompted, if I'm hurting right now, it's not because I've done anything wrong. It's because I miss her. I would love to get my hands on whoever did this. Love to. But then, after musing on his and Nicole's difficult relationship for a minute, how she drove him crazy, but how they still loved each other, OJ says, Let's say I committed this crime. Even if I did do this, it would have to have been because I loved her very much, right? What <laughs> oh, the fuck, dude? No way. Dude, that's a fucking self-report, dude. It's a self-report, dude. <laughs> Later on in the article, author Celia Farber describes being backstage while OJ records an interview with Michael Moore for a pilot episode of a Fox show that never got picked up. What is the name of the show? The Michael Moore Show. The Michael Moore Show. It never got picked up. Dude, if people could just be friends of OJ real quick, that'd be awesome. Yeah, he's really lonely. His, his life would be way better now. Yeah, he's super lonely because he has no friends. Because everyone <laughs> yeah, thinks well, he killed his no wife. Money. <laughs> he has they... plenty of money. He never paid his fucking civil lawsuit. Yeah, why do you think he never paid it? He ran out of pennies. The audience doesn't know in advance that OJ is a guest. And the atmosphere is one of stunned disbelief when he comes out. Michael Moore straight up asks him, Did you kill your wife? OJ denies he did. Moore says, What about him? Did you kill him? <laughs> OJ denies. Damn, dude. <laughs> Motherfucker's unbreakable. He just says no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's invincible. He's the Terminator. <laughs> the audience starts jeering him, yelling out, Wife beater! And murderer! And murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Before too long, people from the audience are standing up at will and yelling confrontations at OJ like, you dreamt about killing her. And why would you run away if you were innocent? Good question. This is great. Great <laughs> questions here. I wish I had them on the jury. <laughs> After the show, OJ is backstage. His agent is pale and ashen faced saying, thank God that's over. But OJ, on the other hand, is ecstatic. He says, this is what I want. I have always wanted this kind of dialogue. I keep saying I'll go on any show and debate. <laughs> I'll go on any show and masturbate. <laughs> Later on in 1998, OJ appeared on an episode of Ruby Wax Meets. Who's that? I'm literally in the process of telling you. <laughs> a BBC. A BBC, <laughs> dude, not she. Uh, a BBC show akin to early Louis Thoreau. It's a day in the lifestyle interview. Ruby Wax's interview style is that of a provocateur, kind of like Rich. Uh, she plays a sort of flirtatious character that gets her content through mild outrage. Trump wants Quint. Trump. And that part wasn't about you. <laughs> Your mild flirtation. Yeah, that Jay gets serious outrage. Trump once quit an interview with her after just a couple minutes on his private jet, then kicked her and the crew off the plane. What? Are they alive? <laughs> yeah, they didn't stop the plane. Hey, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> he was like, You fired. <laughs> he, he, he calmly does his seatbelt up, 
looks at her. <laughs> you fired. Presses the open hatch button. <laughs> OJ seems actually seems quite receptive to Ruby's shtick, and it brings out a sort of manic energy in him. When they first meet, OJ claims that earlier on in the morning he had paid a police officer to come put him in handcuffs to prank the crew when they arrived, but that they were too late for it. Outside his house, Ruby asks OJ if he takes Prozac or any sort of antidepressant. OJ says he doesn't, but that he takes vitamin E so that he's ready if a girl ever wants to have sex with him. He then says, actually, strangely enough, if I wanted to, and this is not anything I'm bragging about, but the availability of women now is more than it's ever been in my life, which I find really strange, but I've always kind of acquitted it to that bad boy rocker mentality, but these are gorgeous girls. Dude, he loves that word, huh? Acquitted? Yeah. <laughs> 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 then they're in that the car. That was a good one. Yeah, good joke, good Martin. One. Thanks, my one for the episode. Then they're in the car and they drive past OJ's old house, the one he dripped blood all throughout, and Ruby asks OJ if driving past it brings back any difficult memories. He says no, it just makes him think of what a good job he did with the landscaping. What a fucking sucker. Ah, oh, man, I understand, but he's like, I don't know, he's like on a show or whatever, he's like trying to be, you know, like, friendly, like joking yeah. about it. Yeah, like friendly, like or whatever, like he's trying to seem like he's Likeable. not- a psycho, but yeah, he's likable, but it just Such makes him psycho. seem like so much more of a psycho. <laughs> he's then shown shouting through the window, Asshole! Asshole! He says they just drove past the head district attorney of Los Angeles. <laughs> he then talks about a cop who was a butthole. <laughs> it starts to become clear that Ruby is working to appeal to OJ's ego, baiting him into some sort of admission, if not a full confession. She says to him, this is the scariest thing that could possibly happen to this great guy, this great athlete who just learned to knock down everything in his path. He suddenly has a hit, a second where they lost control. Maybe there was a blip in your mind where you didn't know what you were doing. OJ replies, well, I believe that can happen to almost anyone, but then says that if you have a religious background, like he does, then there is a point that you just don't cross. At the end of the car ride, Ruby asks OJ if he dreams. He replies that, quote, I was in jail for 16 months. Most of my dreams were in the sexual nature. It was horrible because they only changed the sheets like once a week or something. No, he was killing his sheets. Dude, what a beta. That's so fucking... He, dude, he, he did hurt. Like, he hit her with a fucking reverse card, you know? Uh, later on, Ruby and OJ sit at a restaurant and Ruby digs in about Nicole's murder. OJ starts to appear flustered. He says that talking about it gets his blood pressure rising and complains that the loss of Nicole hurt him just as much or more than the loss of Ron Goldman hurt his family and that he had spent more time with Nicole than Ron's father, Fred Goldman, had spent with Ron over the last 10 years of his life. What does the fuck does that mean? He goes on to say, I got totally screwed. I got things taken from me. I had me taken from me. My kids don't have a mother, and people want to ignore it because of their ignorance and subconscious racism. But the most shocking footage is captured after the interview at the restaurant concludes. Let's take a look. After we finished filming, OJ said to me that uh, he had a surprise for me, and I genuinely was surprised. I think it was his idea of a joke. And this is it. Oh! <laughs> oh 
my god, <laughs> dude! Why do you do that? So, can you guys uh, describe what we just saw? So he tried to prank her by uh, swinging at her with a knife. And it was a banana. <laughs> oh, it was a banana. <laughs> it was too quick and bad quality to notice it wasn't a knife. All right, Mon, do you want to give us the next one? This is probably the best. Yeah, one. this is the best one for you for sure. In 2006, one of the creators of the controversial Bumfight series, an exploitation show in which homeless people were given money to fight each other, launched a pay-per-view series with OJ called Juiced with OJ Simpson. You've been juiced. <laughs> it was, most simply put, a ripoff of punk, with OJ Simpson playing the role of Ashton Kutcher. You've been juiced. I'm OJ Simpson. I know care. you are. <laughs> It starts out with a music video for a rap song performed by OJ called Get Juiced. The video features shots of OJ dressed up as a blaxploitation pimp and as Elvis Presley among other costumes. And throughout the whole video, he's surrounded by women, either topless or in bikinis, all of them young and blonde, not unlike Nicole. Do you guys want to watch the music video? Yeah, of course I want to watch the fucking music video. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's amazing. Why do people wonder about my intentions? Why do people ask me so many questions about how I made it to the top? About all the times I made those. Oh my god. Better shoot me with a tranquilizer. Don't be fools, stupid. I'm not a Simpson named Bart. I'm not a cartoon. Oh shit, those are titties. <laughs> hey, you didn't say that, Jay. Uh, yeah. Dude, like, it just seems like such a caricature of, like, American culture. Or, like, popular culture. It's not even good. Where's the catchiness of it? You know? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> so, I, I, did, I didn't really do a great job of explaining this when I was writing it, but it is, it's literally just punked, except instead of celebrities, it's just normal people, and they, he basically just harasses them, and at the end, he's like, you've been juiced. It's me, OJ Simpson. Anyway, go on. The show goes for an hour. The whole thing is currently on YouTube, but it seems to often get taken down because all the segments are cut together with shots of strippers, sometimes dancing among themselves and sometimes giving OJ a lap dance while he's dressed up like a cartoon character and screaming towards the camera. He also sometimes has a little person next to him dressed exactly the same way he is. In one of the shots, he has him on his lap and he's pretending to be a ventriloquist. There's often no follow-through or conclusion to the pranks. An article on Vulture describes it as a sizzle reel turned fever dream. But to list a few, there's a segment where OJ operates a fast food drive through window and hands customers mystery bags, as well as eating chilies and screaming, and taking sips of people's drinks before handing it to them. Large fries, large orange You sure you want those large fries? You know what they're saying about fast food? Making you fat. Whoa! Ah! He then fires another worker in the kitchen and turns around to the customer and says, I'm sorry. I think he's a retard. There's a parody of the reality TV show Cheaters, a long-running show where people are filmed catching their spouse or a partner cheating on them. OJ introduces the segment by saying, Here's a man who's followed his wife to a motel room and guess who he finds her um, possibly making whoopee with. This is basically exactly what happens in this segment. The man is distraught, yelling at his girlfriend to come out. What are you fucking doing? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Get the fuck out here! He looks shocked as OJ exits the building. I don't know Can we ask you some new questions? No! Then as he's banging on the door, OJ returns to say, You've been juiced. 
leaving the man very confused. <laughs> that is pretty good, though. <laughs> it's literally just the joke is your wife is having an affair with OJ. <laughs> and OJ does not care about your feelings in the slightest. This this segment is like the fucking peak of OJ's acting career. Like he comes, <laughs> he's in the motel room. He comes out looking disgusting. Like his shirt is all unbuttoned. Excuse me, sir. Can we get in here, please? And he's like, I didn't know she was married. 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 Well, that guy should have signed a prenuptial. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. There's a scene where OJ sits in a pet. How are you enjoying this, Jay? Like so much. You fucking love this. There's a scene where OJ sits in a pet store with a fishing line inside a fish tank. A scene in which OJ wears full white person makeup and prosthetics and calls a game of bingo for a bunch of old people. That one doesn't even have a joke. Like, that's literally all that happens. The joke is that it's old people. And And it's OJ, yeah. Yeah. A scene where OJ crashes a house inspection and just kind of heckles people while they look around the house. (laughs) What does that mean? What does he do? Just hang around the house and just heckles people? I don't get why there's not a door between the bathroom. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Did I do that? Anyways. I'm not an actor. I'm not Danny Glover. Sir, I wasn't around. I get blamed for nothing else. All right? In my life, I've been blamed for enough shit. A scene where OJ takes a white Ford Bronco signed with his name on it to a car dealership and tries to sell it to people, telling them it has escapability. But the engine is, is impeccable. And I can guarantee you the car has escapability. I mean, if you ever get into some trouble and you got to get away, it has escapability. Obviously, it's a reference to his police chase yeah. in the Ford. Yeah. I piece that together, yeah. OJ's sidekick for the show was played by Harmon Leon. He said in an article for Vice that he got the job through an ad on Craigslist looking for a funny little sidekick, but uh-huh. he didn't specify what the show was or who he'd be working for. He says on his first day, before he knew he was working with OJ, a producer took him aside and said, just so you know, we can't mention the murders. So they didn't. Except OJ did. <laughs> he, apparently, <laughs> he apparently said, who's the first Jewish guy to win a Heisman Trophy? Fred Goldman, because he's got mine. Oh, so he had to give up his Heisman trophy. Yeah, I guess that's the joke. I don't think he actually did, though, because I don't think he really gave them anything. You know what they should have done when he was acquitted at the court case? They should have then played the Get Juiced, like, intro, like, the music <laughs> video, and everyone started dancing in the courthouse. Dude, that's when he got the idea for the whole TV show. He just turns to the to the jury. He's like, you just got juiced. <laughs> Dude, that's what he said when he killed fucking... Yeah, after he murdered his ex-wife and Ron Goldman, he turned around to the camera and he said, You just got juiced. (laughs) In 2007, OJ released a book called If I Did It, It Was a Ghost. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Uh, Fuck. (laughs) And that's not him then, unless you say he is the ghost. it was a ghost. It was a ghost. The ghost did it. The, go- the glove fits on the ghost. It wasn't me. It was a g- 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 ghost. Um. Anyway, I like in OJ released a book called "If I Did It." It was ghostwritten by an actual writer, like the majority of books by celebrities are. But when you're reading it, there's really some parts where you can hear OJ's voice coming through, as if it was written using exact quotes by OJ. The book starts with an author's notes that read, "If I did it." This is what happened. The first page of chapter one, which is titled, 
the luckiest guy in the world, states, I've read all the stories. That I did it. But I did it, but I don't know I did it. That I can no longer tell fact from fiction. That I wake up in the middle of the night, consumed by guilt, screaming, man, they even had me wondering, what if I did do it? Dude, I, I don't think that he wakes up in the middle of the night consumed by guilt. That's <laughs> no, like the one thing I don't think OJ does. He's consumed by not... <laughs> yeah. yeah, he doesn't wash his sheets enough. Yeah, once that's a week. why he's, that's his obsession with juice, because he needs to like let the flood pressure like go down. He needs to let the juice flow. Oh, yeah. It's a short book, only about 230 pages long. Most of it is OJ reframing the events of his and Nicole's relationship that were presented during his trials. Shifting blame for any alleged abuse back onto her. For example, the book says that when she broke her arm fighting with him that time, she was hitting him. And he dragged her out of a room, then had a nap, and then when he woke up, she had called the police. Is it, that is, like, literally what the book says. It's, and it feels like such a childlike excuse. He's like, no, she was hitting me, then I had a nap, then I woke up, and then arm was broken. I think his biggest fear is looking into the mirror. Damn. Yeah, he, he, he hasn't got a reflection because he's a ghost. <laughs> it wasn't me, it was the ghost. Throughout the book, he categorizes Nicole as someone who constantly annoys and enrages him, but also someone he was trying to support. He says that he lets her break up with him to get the whole finding herself thing out of her system, then insinuates that Nicole was a drug addict who emotionally relied on him while cheating on him with other men. He spends five chapters depicting himself as a playboy line. Lothario. He spends five chapters depicting himself as a playboy Lafario, who is in line, <laughs> who is indisputably in the right. But then in chapter six, titled The Night in Question, he basically just admits to murdering Nicole and Ron, but prefaces it by saying, keep in mind, this is hypothetical. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> he pretty much says that he was chilling at home when some guy named Charlie drives past, who almost certainly doesn't exist. He says Charlie shows up and tells him with no contacts that Nicole is having sex with a man while their children are upstairs. So they go over there with a knife to scare them. Then when Ron Goldman shows up to return the glasses, OJ blacks out and kills them both. It reads, Then something went horribly wrong. And I know what happened. It was a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it was really scary. <laughs> But I can't tell you exactly how. That's why he doesn't want to look into the mirror. He'll yeah. see the ghost. Yeah, dude, it's, yeah. Well, it's like a jump scare. He's haunted. Imagine if this was actually what uh, it was. OJ is actually just haunted. <laughs> dude, his house is haunted. That's why, <laughs> that's why he was fucking running away in the car. He's getting chased by ghosts. <laughs> his fucking legs are all like... <laughs> is it ghosts? Or is it just the skeletons of his past? No, nah, dude, it's a literal fucking ghost. <laughs> it's really scary. Dude, how many of our regular listeners can we get to stop listening? <laughs> nah, dude, this is gold. <laughs> we solved the case. <laughs> While promoting the book, OJ does a sit-down interview with Fox. They talk about the chapter, The Night in Question. But despite once again prefacing the interview with, This is all purely hypothetical. OJ conducts himself and verbalizes as if there was something tangible that he is recalling. He starts multiple sentences with, I remember. One specific quote was, 
I remember taking the knife. I do remember that portion. Taking the knife from Charlie. And to be honest, after that, I don't remember. Except I'm standing there, and there's all this kind of, like, stuff around me. What the fuck? <laughs> the interviewer asks, what kind of stuff around? Blood, OJ replies, then bursts into maniacal laughter. What kind of stuff? Blood and stuff around. You know, we, you know, I hate to say this, but this is hypothetical. I'm right, sorry. Right. I know we got to back up again. Right. <laughs> Wait, so why the fuck didn't you add the part where he talks about karate? <laughs> and uh, this guy kind of got into a karate thing. And I said, well, you think you can kick my ass? <laughs> Why did you not put that in the fucking... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that is so gold. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, I didn't think it was relevant. He, he gets to the house. <laughs> he gets to the house and and uh, he, he thinks that she's... He has these paranoid delusions that, you know, he can't stop thinking about her having sex with other people. He goes there and then Ron Goldman comes up to return a pair of glasses. And then when he says he has a knife, he goes into like a karate stance. Like, I think it's kind of sad rather than funny. All right. So I, I got to Nicole's house to give her a hot piping and fucking <laughs> this ninja pump jumps out of the damn bushes. Yeah, he does karate. And I say, you're about to get juiced. And I, I produce, I, uh, Charlie hands me the knife. <laughs> And I, I stab, I stab all the ninjas, and then I, I black out, and then when I wake up, they're not ninjas anymore, and I don't know what happened to the ninjas, and that's my story. I, I beat all the ninjas, but they knocked me out, and when I woke up, the ninjas killed them. <laughs> I like to imagine Charlie is like, uh, he just kind of looks like a Vietnam War vet. You know, <laughs> no, dude, in in the book, like Charlie's whole role is just to watch the whole thing happen and go, "What you doing, OJ? <laughs> Stop that, OJ! Go, just go home, man." Is like, Charlie like OJ's fucking pet Todd? Todd, what the fuck is the guy in Fight Club? Yeah, Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden is that? No, OJ that is? is Tyler Durden. <laughs> yeah, and and Charlie's the pussy old Edward Norton. Yeah, the one who likes soap. So OJ did eventually go to prison. In 2008, he was found guilty on a slew of charges relating to a robbery gone wrong in Las Vegas. OJ was trying to recover some sports memorabilia that he believed belonged to him. He was charged with robbery and kidnapping, among other things, and sentenced to 33 years in state prison with the possibility of parole after nine years, which is exactly what he received. OJ was released from prison in 2017. Since then, he moved to Florida, supposedly to be closer to his children, and he's paid a pension of $25,000 a month by the NFL. Shit. He still kept at arm's length from appearing in the media for the most part, but he often tries to insert himself into conversations. Like, earlier this year, he was named the 41st best player in the history of the NFL by The Athletic. He gave them an interview and said that he voids Los Angeles because he's worried he might run into Nicole's real killer. Charlie. It's the man in the mirror. It's the man in the mirror. I can't, I can't go to Los Angeles. There's too many mirrors. <laughs> God damn. It was the Beverly Hill Ninja. He's also on Twitter. Every tweet he makes has a bunch of hidden replies, which the author of the tweet has to hide manually. They're always along the lines of, You're a murderer. You killed two people. He mostly uses the platform to talk about sports. Sometimes he uses Twitter to taunt those who wrote negative stories or books about him. Last year, the guy who wrote the most famous book on OJ's case, Jeffrey Tubin, 
was in the news because he accidentally broadcast himself masturbating on a Zoom oh call. Oh my god. When <laughs> he thought his meeting had ended. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Hold up, I gotta catch up. I just heard you say masturbate. I was looking at something on my phone. <laughs> to his Zoom call when he thought his meeting had ended. <laughs> um, in the Zoom call when he thought his meeting had ended, OJ uploaded a video in which he's sitting on a couch and says, Damn, Jeffrey Tubin! <laughs> but. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, Jeffrey Tubin was probably in his house safe. Yeah, no, dude. It was like at the start of COVID when everyone was first doing, um, first doing Zoom meetings. And, like, apparently he just, like, he thought he exited, like, the call. But I think he just minimized it. And then he just started masturbating to, like, a full employee meeting. <laughs> But the main thing you'd probably notice from AJ's Twitter is that he looks absolutely great. He's 74 years old now, but you wouldn't know it. He has barely any wrinkles and he looks totally fit. He's had the luxury of growing old. I mean, look, this caused him a lot of emotional stress, okay? And he, you know, he's he, he's meant to pay a bunch of money and stuff, okay? I, I think he's had enough, okay? I don't know if we should be uploading this episode about him. Well, also, if you upload this episode, be aware that if you ever fuck up by masturbating mm. in public, <laughs> OJ's, gonna, OJ's gonna hit you back, yeah. Don't forget, okay? Why'd you have to bring Charlie into this? <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, oh, jeez. Oh, jeez, OJ, what have you done, OJ? <laughs> what, what are you doing? doing OJ stop it man oh no OJ OJ Simpson is innocent it was a ghost that might be the best thing that's come out of this episode is that we cracked the case <laughs> we solved I think that's the episode that's the episode for today uh thanks for joining us hope you had a good time hey you there listening for the first time you're my favorite fan yeah dude you're our friend <laughs> you're love my you. favorite fan yeah, tune dude. in tune in tuesday for the next teaser i'm Ooh, talking about we you do that. yes we, you we do that now we do teasers every do week we? thank you bye give us money why you have to be mad why you have to be mad why you have to be mad right in front of me Right, right. I know we got to back up again. Right. <laughs>